1: Eric I went to open up the podcast outline today and I realized it's podcast 420 did
0: the exact same thing and then saw (laughs) it in the outline
1: as I was about to go type
0: it I was like okay good
1: all right Dodgers and Rays we wondered whether the World Series would be over it's definitively not and today's even an off day uh so I guess I guess probably by the time people listen are listening to this it's game day
0: could be yeah could be over
1: are the Rays gonna win game six I think so. (laughs) I think so, too.
0: I think that this is going to be seven.
1: And then I feel like all bets are off when you get to game seven. I have no clue.
0: When we talked about this last week, and we talked about it more and more, I was more convinced that the Rays could do it, because I was thinking more on this trajectory of the series, of one team scoring a lot more runs in a couple of games, and the other team being around just enough that they could squeak a couple games out. Because I have, I will n- not fight you on the Dodgers will end up averaging more runs over the series than the Rays, but the Rays could win the series. A little Yule Simpson effect there for y'all. <laughs> for you all. Um, I didn't quite just, that didn't quite come out. This is going the way that I would expect for a Rays series win. So I'm encouraged, but Dodgers might just win tonight. Walker Bueller looked really good last time.
1: Okay. Uh, the EPL did not fix its draw drought. <laughs> uh, we experienced a couple of them, and I guess the, the most impactful thing from the weekend is that we've decided to no longer forecast Aston Villa's games.
0: We can. We can. You talked about increased entropy. That's a great strategy. <laughs> well... Oh, Aston Villa says,
1: hold my beer. I think that, I I actually proposed blowing this up, making it even a slightly larger thing, which is that we should just stay away from predicting in the middle of the table.
0: (sighs) But that's where it's fun.
1: Yeah, well, fun in the maximum entropy sense, yes. Yeah, but we haven't done very well
0: predicting the top of the table either with... Lester falling out of the top of the table, that'll soon
1: Well, that's interesting. the table from. But we've done very well picking against the bottom of the table. Fulham helping us out yet again. One draw. Yeah, <laughs> one I draw. know, I know. It's, it is Burnley, Sheffield, and Fulham all of one point right now. <laughs> like,
0: mmm. So you're saying that you think Man City is going to beat Sheffield.
1: I i don't know it's uh, it's up in the air who, who who could know these things uh i mean west brom's got two points so good for them staying out of the relegation zone with that extra point okay here we go big chat on sinkers versus two seamers this was the assigned data task for last week and shockingly i actually pulled off an assignment <laughs> <Mostly>. <laughs> hey
0: all right very untoolsy i know during the pandemic
1: so we noticed a funny thing in analyzing StatCast this year, which is that they seem to have eliminated the two-seam fastball from the classification system. and
0: Nobody throws it anymore.
1: I should say I should say, seems to eliminate, meaning they definitely have because it does not appear in the StatCast data anymore. So for Fun Project last week, Eric asked me if we could take a look at whether this is an, a legitimate call in data space. The idea being that They've obviously just stuffed all of the sinkers into the two or all of the two seamers into the sinker category. And the numbers bear that out. I mean, like if you just look at the fundamental numbers, if you compare the rates between the two, like last year and this year, it's obvious that that's what happened, that they concatenated it into the sinkers. But let's try and go beyond that and ask whether there's good motivation to actually have linked those back together. Uh, we talked about this last week, so just a quick review. I trained the data set. I only did right-handed pitchers for now. Okay. I trained the data set on 2019 using only pitchers that overlapped between the two. And then I ran the PCA analysis on the 2020 pitches. So it should, so it's all in the same data framework, in the same data space.
0: So wait, only on the pitchers that overlap? Or you did it all pitchers?
1: Only on the pitches that overlap, so they needed to pitch in both 2019 and 2020.
0: Okay, for this this version of the PCA, okay, yeah,
1: um, and just so just right-handers that pitched in 2019 and 2020. <laughs> All right, okay, and I'm then trying, trying the to PCA creates PCA creates a space,
0: Geigen vectors and then creates our our PCA data space.
1: That's right, and I have some heat maps for you here of sinkers, two-seamers, and 2019 sinkers, two-seamers, and 2020 sinkers. I don't know. Do you think they look more similar or more different? The
0: 2019 sinkers versus the 2020 sinkers?
1: Well, I look at this and I think, like, 2019 sinkers versus two-seamers, those actually look a little different to my eye. And then the 2020 sinkers looks like if you added the two together.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it does. It does. you even have this little blob over yeah so in the sinkers i guess i never did get everything up on twitter last week but the sinkers um in 2019 you have a cloud a loose cloud and then you have a little shadow cloud above it in data space yeah and then you can still see that in 2020 what is that F- failed <laughs> sinkers It didn't sink
1: so I, I don't know, and actually that's that's part of the extension idea for this project that I'm gonna that I'll bring up later because of the yeah, some of the, some of the technical upgrades that that happened this week I think are gonna enable that. The other thing that I've got on this is that to help your eye because we're looking at heat maps here, which are the so in this data space I counted up the frequency with which a pitch fell in a particular bin, and remember PCA gives you some sort of is trying to capture the maximum variance. So you're in some sort of projected data space that doesn't mm-hmm. really have a physical meaning. Doesn't do anything. Yep. So in this projected component space of projected component one versus projected component two, I then mapped all of the pitches into that in a heat map and what you see is that there's a clear there's a clear center of this. Now I had sort of dumbly before just selected, taking the median in each projected data column, in each projected vector. So I did like, I took the median in in vector zero and the median in vector one and like call that the center. No. But you can see from this that that's immediately not a good decision, right? So I thought, okay, well, I should actually do something a little bit more sophisticated. And I looked at this and I thought, well, ellipses aren't the worst approximation (laughs) to this. Work, yeah. And so what I did is I fit I fit ellipses to the to the distribution of um, the the density distributions in here, and use that to try and find the the center here. So in this image that I think we'll probably share, there's one ellipse that in it has ninety percent of all the pitches fell in there, and then I've got okay. a small ellipse where ten percent of all the ten percent of all the pitches fell in there, and. The th- what I'm trying to convey with this is that we're actually being a little bit biased by the outskirts of the distributions here,
0: absolutely, yep,
1: like ninety percent of the pitches fall within this ellipse, but I'm still drawn to talking about like, ooh, look at that tail over there, what's happening in there <laughs> right yeah,
0: we're always we're always going to be drawn to the outliers
1: when when we really shouldn't be, we really should be looking at like the ninety percent or even this this. peak density.
0: Right. Okay. So the, okay. And yours, so we've got, you've got dashed lines for the sinkers. 2019. You have black line for, um, two seam fastballs, 2019. And then you have a red line for sinkers. 2020. And you have, you have removed all the data data points here and then put them on top of each other
1: yeah so i mean the the point of fitting the ellipses was to try and actually give us something that we can put on top of each other cuz heat maps are heat maps look cool but you're inherently trying to <laughs> trying to like
0: do with your eye what you cannot do yeah
1: overhead overlay them in your head and so so like okay so what can we do and that that's what led me to all right ellipses are at least a first order approximation of what the structure is here. And I put them all on top of each other and if you keep the same PCA space it's it's not very obvious what's happening. So I zoomed in. And this is where we we need to we need more development because we need a way to quantify the differences here because I think we're slightly split in that I look at this and I think that there are actually differences. And I think you were saying before that you don't think there are differences.
0: There are differences. They're not clear. Di- they're not clear differences. Is I guess what I think the we're stating the problem of they're clearly different. Um, I don't. The fact that so much of this overlaps means that we can't just throw out the um the null hypothesis which means that we have to dig deeper I think to find where the changes are which means that that I so I'm saying that there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of validity to what we're saying and the um the collapsing of the two data types uh, the two categorizations
1: yeah I mean I I guess I sort of. Yeah, that's an actually an interesting point. Like, what were they what were they hoping to gain by erasing the separate classifications in these? Like, well,
0: they're, they're seeking to simplify the data set a little bit, and they felt like this was a good, this was a quick way to do it.
1: Yeah, I think, so one of the things, you talked about the overlap here, and, and one of the benefits that I saw in going to ellipses is that it's really easy to compute um to compute quantities for ellipses. So if we wanted to know like, Hey, what's the overlap of this space in the ellipses, we can actually do that as opposed to using the heat maps. It's, it's a little bit harder to develop a, a, a comparison system.
0: Well, and so what, what we have in these ellipses is that the, sh- and in, in my opinion, the shape of the sinkers in 2019 and 2020, very similar, very yeah. similar shapes. The, the, two seam fastballs is a slightly more compact shape that overlaps significantly with with um, the twenty nineteen ellipse. Combining them, you naturally <laughs> you naturally change the shape. And you have moved the biggest thing I think is that you're moving the center, that ten percent. That's where we can really that's where we're we're gonna really have to focus on because it's very different um, location. But otherwise the shape of it is very similar.
1: Yeah, they, they do fall, they do fall in a fairly similar data space. And, and my guess is that if we re- really drill down on what the projected space is picking up, it's that it's first picking up the um, differences in, in movement between, between different pitches. So going back to what we talked about last week, when we had all of the pitches, I think that if there's no movement, you're closer to the zero zero point in PCA space. Mm-hmm. And so you see a little bit of movement in these pitches. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess the 10%, I guess you're right that we should zero in on the 10% case and try and show that the centers are different for reasons that we can explain. Yeah. And I had a couple, right. yeah. And I, had, I mean, I had a couple of thoughts about this. I think, I mean, one thing that what's I haven't done. What's the
0: order of magnitude of the two different data sets?
1: The so which which ones? The twenty nineteen versus twenty
0: twenty. Well, twenty nineteen. What's the order of magnitude of
1: it's like two seam versus it's like two thirds two seam and one third sinkers. I have two avenues to talk about, and then one thing that I'm sort of looking at in the the longer term. So the two avenues are. I haven't associated either outcomes or the actual pitchers themselves with these, and those give us natural vectors that we should probably be considering. But because they are qualitative vectors, I haven't come up with a like I haven't linked them in with this.
0: Well, I would be interested to see the pitchers, and so we can start to see like what the normal sinker looks like versus two seam fastball.
1: So, I guess the okay, so I guess what we should do, what I should do is take is we should pick pitchers in 2019 one or a couple sinker pitchers and a couple two seam fastball pitchers do their data space separately in this PCA and see what what they actually look like.
0: Sure, I wasn't even saying that. I was saying I was actually thinking I mean, I think that works. That's definitely a step. You want to I think what you want to try to do is avoid us watching them and looking at the actual pitches, which I think that it would be helpful if we took a look and so I'm thinking, yeah, let's get the two the two single ball pitchers from 2019 who are closest to that centroid, the two two seam fastball pitchers who are closest to that centroid Okay. let's take a look at them and let's take a look at them let's watch them and then let's also look at them, their sinkers and fastballs in data space. What is happening? How much of a, how much movement is there? What's the movement direction? Um, how often do they, are they hitting the mark? You know, on their own pitches. So then we put it back into data into PCA.
1: You are right that our eyes are still the most powerful way to discriminate <laughs> between these, and so. We should not, we should not um, ignore that tool. (laughs) So, all right, I begrudgingly am willing to go down, go down this data, that the iData project path.
0: You just, you just pick a couple players and, and assign me to watch one. Okay. You watch one and let me take a look at the, the analysis and see if I can, I can run wild with the tools that you've created and then see if I can come up with a couple things.
1: I also want this also ties into the other longer term project that I was thinking which is using the ellipses to identify these outlier pitches <laughs> and figure out like just what the heck is going on with that shadow cloud. <laughs> yeah. Like why why does that exist? Is that one why? pitcher or is it like one type of pitch that misses very badly or is it I don't know misclassified? Yeah, I mean that's yeah, exactly. that's also possible. I expect yeah. I expect that we will find some small number of misclassifications in this
0: um because it is kind of our i mean picking whether it's what the pitch was is something that you do but
1: yeah and there's there's a hundred thousand of these right there's more than a hundred thousand of these so it's like we have probably messed up a few times (laughs) in here absolutely so i guess i guess i want to just ask if you think that the ellipse machinery is is useful in this. I mean, I, it it is a it is on some level a crude approximation.
0: I think it is. That's we do need to do this. It might be interesting. I And I think ninety ten is
1: probably right. Yeah, I was kind of. I mean, ten is about as small as you can go before you're down to like single pixel, <laughs> like calling it, calling it a single pixel. And ten is yeah, about as low as you 95. can go. Five five, right? Yeah. But, I mean, that wouldn't be. Yeah. And 10 is about as low as you can go before you just can't, <laughs> like before you're getting into like these weird arm tentacle things that are happening in the data.
0: I I agree. I agree. I think it's good.
1: And including 90% of the pitches, I mean, that just has to capture almost all of the important stuff.
0: You, you would think so.
1: <laughs> Unless, of course, all of the important pitches or like all of the outcomes are outside of the ellipse, <laughs> which would be really interesting. <laughs> like every pitch outside of yours a home run
0: Or those are the only effective ones, right?
1: I mean, we just don't know. Just don't know. So, all right, more work to be done, but I think I think this was a good step.
0: I think that about brings us to the review session, the Dodgers bullpen. Holy moly!
1: Okay, (laughs) we picked a good, an interesting time to watch the Dodgers bullpen, and they have. Just done really interesting stuff over the course of the postseason. I mean, this is just not the same. To some extent, it's the same bullpen that they had during the same season. And then to another extent, it's like, oh, it's totally different. And the reason that I say that it's similar is because their their top-line guys are the same. Kenley Jansen, Pedro Baez, Blake Trinan. But then in the postseason, they've done the very typical postseason thing, which is mix in other guys to high-leverage situations. And there's two other ones that I want to talk about, the Bruce Dog Gratterall and Joe Kelly. Of course you want to talk about your old your old player. I think I think Gratterall is the most interesting pitcher in the Dodgers current like what they're what they're calling the bullpen.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Okay.
1: I mean, okay, fine. Let's talk about Kenley Jansen. Twenty seven games during the regular season, eleven saves, which is fine for this year. 12.21 K per nine, those are still good numbers. 3.33 three, three walks per nine. Not as good. Not as good. <laughs> not really where you want to be. I mean, I was I was scanning through all the K per nines and walks per nine in the like the whole Dodgers bullpen. They mm-hmm. do not have good numbers. They like the contrast between the Dodgers bullpen and the Rays bullpen <laughs> for for like closer type pitchers is so stark
0: yeah and the, and the Dodgers play with fire a lot more yeah that's how I
1: see it at least they play with fire Play with fire so Baez and Trinan both got uh save during the during the regular season um but neither of them screens like a like a closer I mean it's kind of stunning that Trinan was ever a closer now like in retrospect in terms of his pitch qualities today
0: yeah i mean we see that with some that's what we're trying to do with this exercise this this whole year was to like say like who's the who's the guy that you know they, they're doing well this year but don't don't draft them next year um
1: I, th- I think i think trinan is very clearly that guy
0: we're two years off of that that year right right 2018
1: yes yeah Twenty eighteen. wow
0: 100 strikeouts in 80 innings but his walk numbers were not great at that time. We're not elite at that time. No, so I mean was, but that was that was always the, the roller that the was wall.
1: always the roller coaster on some level
0: with but You look at the picture of him on on baseball reference and you say, Oh, okay. Well that's not an elite closer.
1: <laughs> you know, Kenley Jansen does look the part of an elite closer. Like he has he struts the stuff. Yeah. You're like, oh this guy this guy let's get some flames going to bring him in.
0: I always want to call him Jensen. Who is Jensen? <laughs> Wasn't the, the Toronto closer at some point in time?
1: Can't help you there, man.
0: Um, He does, yes. I, I would agree. Um, Kenley looks intimidating. But he could also be, like, if you've seen him smile, he sort of does look like he'd be a big goofy guy.
1: I do. I I'll tolerate that. Yeah. I mean, his mound presence is is something. <laughs> yeah. But I agree that his that he can he can come off the mound and, and be a be a big softy.
0: Do we want to talk about Kenley now, or do we want to say the one person that I you've listed Joe Kelly here? Um, do we want to talk about Dustin May?
1: <laughs> so I mean, I struggled with what the what like the distinction should be, <laughs> you know, and like like what what the Dodgers like what the Dodgers are calling their bullpen right now or what the Dodgers are using as their bullpen. And I mean that that is the, that's the whole that's the whole debate about Bruce Starr Gratterall as well. Like, you know, he did have a start, he did have two starts during the season. Dustin May had some number of starts during the season. 10, 10. But yeah. I mean, but obviously all bets are off in the in the postseason now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Gadderal. Yeah, he's he's um, Uh He is he's so young today. I don't think he's going to be in the bullpen. He's he's going to be. I think that they want him to be a starting pitcher. Of yeah. course, um, that with the amount of that they traded for him, they think that he's going to be a starting pitcher. Yeah. He needs to get a little bit of movement on some of his. Uh, some of his pitches, I think, to get there. So let's not talk about him. Joe Kelly, we know what Joe Joe Kelly is. Why is Joe Kelly
1: still pitching high leverage situations in the MLB in 2020? I don't know. I don't (laughs) don't know. I mean, this is, I put him on here just because I want to caution everyone, like, don't pick Joe Kelly. Don't pick Joe Kelly for your fantasy team. Joe Kelly is not relevant for any fantasy team. He's not like That's I can't. The Dodgers keep putting him out and giving him space. Like, don't do it. The Red Sox did it too, and it still didn't. It didn't work for them either.
0: He does one or two pitches really, really well, and nobody can see him for that long because then they just time it. Um. Yeah. So let's focus on Trinan, Jansen, and Bias. I really Dude, don't I've Dylan Floro.
1: Um I so Floro is interesting. I mean, I would say that Floro's in the same bias training camp. Floro's crazy cuz he kind of came out of he's he's not young, but he really has does not have a long MLB track record.
0: Yeah. Well, I think since 2016. Um is that yeah, is he going to actually be wow. He got nearly as many innings this year as he did. No, no, no. He's been pitching like sixty innings.
1: But I I think I don't like I mean, the reason that I didn't include him is because I consider him to be lower priority than Baez or Trinan. Even though I think he's probably better in the longer run than Baez or Trinan. He's he's obviously behind them in the way that the Dodgers view their bullpen.
0: Yes, yeah, that's a that's a good point. I don't think that he's going to be he. I don't think that he's going to be closing for anybody anytime soon. If he gets a garbage save here or there, maybe.
1: But yeah, you're right. But he, he's and he's not the type of guy that anyone else is going to trade for to make a closer. <laughs> no. So I think no. you know he's and, and he's just not valuable enough then in fantasy because he's not an elite strikeout guy. I mean this. This is what I really wanted to point out about the Dodgers relievers is that like, Jansen's the Jansen's the only one worth owning. Nobody else strikes guys out,
0: <laughs> and he's going the wrong direction.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're all going the wrong direction.
0: It is so. It's so funny. Like we we talked last week about the Rays who had so many guys, and we're talking about I'm trying to decide well who who is the one who looks elite on the stat card but if they were put in another situation they probably wouldn't succeed this is like okay well this is a spot where they would succeed you have and and none of them i do i feel great about
1: yeah i mean i i wouldn't i guess i guess jansen's gonna be fine next year
0: um am i asking you you asking me uh i don't know do you want to do wade davis
1: fine Let's do Wade Davis. That's Actually, that's very relevant for draft purposes.
0: Let's do Wade Davis. All right, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manner, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy.
1: Worst of luck to you, too.